early to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, um, we're going to be talking today about uh, Antifa and we're going to talk about um, mainly uh, COVID and uh, some things that are happening there. We got a little bit on the Arizona election today um, and uh and one day this week, we are going to be doing our CIA show. I just have a few more clips I want to get together. and uh, uh, But I, I was working on it yesterday, um, collaborating, putting some stuff together. And again, that show involving the CIA, it's kind of interesting because you're going to hear something today that's uh, not part of my CIA Killed Kennedy show. Um uh, but it's it's about CIA killing others, you know, CIA meddling in the COVID and these pandemics. You know, I think that the uh, COVID bioweapon, for example, uh, is CIA. I think MK Ultra and my manipulation is CIA. And um, I think that the whole business of overthrowing governments involves the State Department and CIA. I think that the CIA and the State Department use the so-called USAID, the aid to like aid to Africa. Uh, you know, this uh, these altruistic programs that are supposed to help starving people around the world. And I think that they they're basically using these tools to meddle in uh foreign elections and election rigging, and installing leaders into countries, especially countries that they're much, much bigger and stronger than. I remember there was a Ukraine story years ago. We were covering this. And um, and Fauci somehow had... Uh, it was... Um, it was uh, the... the uh, Ambassador to Ukraine, Yokanovich uh, uh, y- y- or something like that. Um, Maria Yovanovitch, yeah. And she was part of the impeachment coup. 
against Trump. And she was redistributing uh, USA dollars to Ukraine. So money that was supposed to go to Africa for health reasons or whatever reasons got redistributed to Ukraine in such a way. And they're using these tools just like, you know, when I said last week, you know, Joe Biden's using your tax dollars to bribe the prosecutors and get cooperation from the Department of Justice anytime he wants it. Because there's somebody that was was willing to sell out for, you know, $10 million in a, in a Swiss, offshore Swiss account or some sort of uh, Bitcoin. They'll just be a game changer, a life changer. And they know full well that no matter what they do, if they try to do the right thing, it's never going to end up right. Because there's going to be someone along the way in the uh, wheels of government it's going to make it impossible. If the president of the United States, like Donald Trump, couldn't right the wrongs of the deep state, it just means that the deep state is bigger and stronger than we ever thought. And it's deeper and it's, it's more experienced. Like, like when, I, when I get into this um, story about the CIA and JFK, and the reason why they won't release the documents, um, I'm telling you, there's um, there's tradecraft that's being used today. Just like I said, Watergate was n- was the same playbook as the Russian hoax and Crossfire Hurricane. What do I mean by that? I mean that involved the FBI and the CIA colluding with the media, trying to tell a narrative, and that you have a, a complicit and willing media, not a skeptical one but one that actually always sides with the left. And I always said, like, you take a look at Watergate. Five of the uh, six burglars were were CIA. Frank Sturgis comes to mind because we had an audio clip from him. And he basically said that Nixon's uh, Nixon, who won in an overwhelming fashion, the biggest landslide in American history, well, there are liberals... That, that didn't want him in power. And interestingly enough, Woodward has a CIA background. Woodward and Bernstein? Well, Woodward is just a beat reporter, right, in the CIA, in the Watergate. <clears throat> he, was a, he was a beat reporter for the Washington Post, but he has intelligence ties. So naturally, he and a disgruntled Mark Felt from the FBI, sort of like a James Comey character, um, decided that they weren't happy with the overwhelming uh, figure in the Oval Office that w- ran counter to their narrative. And so they had socialist, communist, sympathizing uh, CIA operatives, some of them involved in the Bay of Pigs and the JFK assassination. And what did they do? Richard Nixon asked the question, I want the papers on JFK. I want to find out who did that. And Richard Helm, who was the CIA director at the time, and the director who preceded him was George Herbert Walker Bush. But, or no, actually Herbert Walker Bush followed him. That's right. This was uh, before Bush. Bush was 
CIA director in 76 and 77 under Carter. But Frank, uh, Richard Helms stonewalled and just basically gave a stare to Richard Nixon and said, how dare you ask those questions? You'll never get the answers. And they basically thought that Richard Nixon was getting too nosy, had too much power. So they decided that they would use socialist Democrats to take down one of the most popular Republicans, conservatives, in the history of mankind. And they took him down. And the people, all of the people that were involved, were radical libtards like Woodward and Bernstein that had connections with the CIA and with the corrupt FBI and they went after a guy. They broke into DNC headquarters because if they broke into RNC headquarters, how could they blame the president who's a Republican? So they break into Democrat headquarters and they get people like G. Gordon Libby, sort of like people that you know, basically bit, bit on the cheese and got caught in the trap because they just weren't slick. And they got themselves involved in that. And the cover-up was worse than the crime. And so Trump, what he learned from the whole Nixon play was, I'm not going to get involved. The cover-up's worse than the crime. One thing I learned about Watergate was that. He's on record as saying that. So there is a true connection between the playbook of Watergate and the playbook of Crossfire Hurricane. And I believe that Jack Smith, the uh, special counsel, wanted to break into Mar-a-Lago and oversee, uh, oversee that special counsel to seal the documents they got out of Mar-a-Lago that, from what I've heard, are all about Crossfire Hurricane. And that involved uh, the cover-up of Ukraine corruption that involved the Bi- Joe Biden and Samantha Power, our USAID uh, senior official at USAID is Samantha Power. Formerly, she was uh, with the corrupt United Nations under Barack Hussein. So, you know, what are the odds? She was the one that did all the unmasking. And now she's running up basically CIA's front money laundering front, USAID, which is the enforcer for the Foreign Services and State Department to get things done in the black markets. You know, it's it, none of this is known by the American people. The American people, if they knew half of what's going on in the CIA and the State Department, they'd fire them all because they're all a bunch of morons. They're all a bunch of dweebs. They're soy boys. They wear their, they put their, the uh, State Department puts the rainbow flag up atop, Black Lives Matter flag up atop of half their embassies around the world. They're so woke over there, it's not even funny. And it's just disgusting. And guess who was on the Watergate Commission? Hillary Clinton. Guess who paid for Crossfire Hurricane? Yep, Hillary Clinton. Don't you think she didn't know what the play was? And nobody wanted to investigate it. And the circular reporting was just the same as it was 
back in the... So things really have not changed all that much. Suffice it to say that if we learned the truth on JFK's assassination, the CIA would be to blame, and who knows, probably the State Department too. They're supposed to be foreign services, but they're not. They're domestic terrorists as well. Because they take their tradecraft that they use abroad in these third world countries and they try to turn America into a third world country itself when they disagree with the leadership that's in the Oval Office. And that's what's happened. And everybody knows that if the truth came out and they revealed all the papers and we learned that uh, George Bush was involved, Herbert Walker Bush was involved, we learned that the CIA was directly involved in the murder of a president, a coup against our own country, that CIA would never survive. And that's the only reason why you can explain 60 years later and still no answers. 60 years later, 60th anniversary, and still they're afraid. Because they know once we find out, and we already know that they did it, but once once they admit it, it's going to be the end of the CIA. And shame on shame on uh, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, for denying President Trump what he wanted to do, which was reveal. Because it was ultimately the CIA and the FBI and the Department of Justice that did Trump in, did him dirty. And we still have election rigging to this day because it's installed. It's already embedded. There's some interesting new developments in the Arizona election race that we're, we're going to get to as well. By the way, I want everybody at home to uh, do this or on your smartphones or wherever you want to do. Tell me what happens when you open up your browser I want you to do this. I want you to tell me what happens when you open up your browser and you type antifa.com. What do you think happens? What do you think happens there? So, again, open up your browser or open up a tab in your browser, you know, or just open up your phone and go to a website, antifa.com. What do you think happens there when that happens, when you do that? What happens? We do know that Black Lives Matter, you know, had a, used to have a donate button. Now they're just riddled with corruption. They're a joke, right? But they used to donate, and their donate button would go to the Act Blue system. But then they did away with Black Lives Matter, and they got FTX. Donate to Ukraine, they say. And then it basically goes to Bitcoin and FTX, and then Sam Bankman-Fried finances all the Democrat candidates. You know, it's... Sort of like that. And we see George Soros, you know, always financing these things. Why does George Soros' dollar, you know, is, is, um, why does his money never run out? It's because he gets, keep, he keeps on getting replenished. The money goes into the candidates, then they reward George Soros with even more money because he keeps doing the right thing. And it's it's sort of like when they used to donate five hundred thousand or five hundred million dollars a year to Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood and the teachers unions, right? And they would then turn around, and they would then uh, finance the elections of Democrats. 
And then the Democrats would turn around and appropriate funding for these groups. And they would take some of that funding and it would be a profitable thing. So basically, it would be taking money out of conservative taxpayer dollars because it would be the whole pool of tax dollars that they would be using. So a big portion of that, since conservatives work for a living, um, are conservative tax dollars going toward groups that only help one party, the Democrat Party. I don't know of any programs where that happens for the Republicans, by the way. And it's why the Republicans keep on losing the, the money war. And again, you know, you take a look at these big donors and you take a look at like some of the stuff that Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell were doing. Um, Igor Pasternak, for example, look that guy up. Igor Pasternak used to have these big um, uh, uh, airship, airship uh, containers that were basically like blimps and uh, never did they leave the ground but he was a huge fundraiser for their campaigns and they would give him millions, tens of millions. And I looked him up on Google and research and did all kinds of stuff on this guy. And this guy had nothing but a shell company with two employees and he was getting tens of millions of dollars in research and development that never ever panned out, but had a lavish home in DC and in uh, Van Nuys, California, and used to do fundraisers left and right for these Democrat candidates. Never once did he help a Republican, except for Lindsey Graham. Except for Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham also made some things happen for him, I guess. So yeah, Igor Pasternak. Look him up. Just do Adam Schiff, Igor Pasternak. P-A-S-T-E-R-N-A-K. Well, did you get to Antifa.com? Did you find out what it was? Yeah, Antifa.com goes to the White House. Antifa.com goes to WhiteHouse.gov. You don't believe me? Check it. It's almost too good to be true. It's unbelievable. And trust me when I tell you, Antifa could set up their DNS and, you know, get their IP address forward back, forwarded to the White House. And that's true. And they could do that without the White House knowing. But the White House knows. And the White House is a wink and a nod. You know why I know that? Because Antifa.com used to go to JoeBiden.com before Joe Biden was president. It used to go to JoeBiden.com. Now it goes to the WhiteHouse.gov. And the WhiteHouse.gov could simply put into the HD access of their site, just simply say, block anything that says Antifa.com. Easy. Takes two seconds. Doesn't take a genius to figure it out, right? But they want to, they want to spit in your face with this terrorist group, this domestic terrorist group. Well, you know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was on Tucker last night, and she said, we're going to look into Antifa and declare them a domestic terror group. Good for her. That's a great idea. I think it's a great, great idea. Well, the Bidens are in deep trouble. And before we get to COVID today, um, we're going to get to Hunter Biden. I wanted to share this Tucker uh, expose uh, on that, and uh, it was pretty good. So we'll take a listen 
to Tucker uh, about the Biden crime family. Well, the idea that you have any role in your children's childhood is being attacked by school administrators who not only think they're the parents, but also God, and they're trying to hurt any parent who speaks up against the political indoctrination, the sexual indoctrination of their children. Once principal, one principal just be aware of. Instead, they're coordinating all their searches with Joe Biden's lawyers. They're not showing up with helicopters and dogs and AR-15s like they did to Roger Stone and other enemies of the regime. No, no, no. They're being as nice as they can. What they have said, we can't vouch for because a lot of these people lie and have lied for a long time. And we got more evidence of that today. One of the senior FBI agents in charge of the Trump collusion probe, he was working with Russia, remember that? The agent's name is Charles McGonigal. That same guy has just been charged, (laughs) just been charged in apparently collusion with Russia, a money laundering scheme with Russia. So that's a little bit shocking, right? A Russian oligarch gave this guy money. So this is the same FBI that is now conducting the investigation of Joe Biden. There's a lot going on here. And in the mountain of reporting on this, one thing struck out to us, and it's from Miranda Devine piece in the New York Post today. And in it, she quotes from a long email that Hunter Biden sent to his business partner in 2014 before a trip to Ukraine. And that email makes it very clear that Hunter Biden was reading classified information he got from his father in violation, clear violation of federal law. It's very obviously true. And if it be proven true, and we think it can be proven true, they're done. We're going to have a lot more on that story tomorrow. So, we- so, so I wanted you to hear that. That part, that was the part I, I needed you to hear. Now listen to this. Here's what's going on here. <clears throat> Do you remember um, how Barack Hussein Obama had rules of engagement where... Uh, you couldn't fire a shot unless you got approval from Washington and you could have your eyes on a target and unless you got approval, you couldn't make the shot. And all these uh, sorties would come back fully loaded to the uh, sh- to the air base or to the ship uh, if they were um, running from a, uh, you know, a- an enterprise kind of uh, um, aircraft carrier. So. That was one of the complaints of the, our military people is that they would go out on sorties looking for things to blow up, but unless they got a green light, partly because, you know, maybe they were taking out a militia that was guarding the pipelines. And, you know, those pipe, the ISIS was being paid as mercenaries to overlook the pipelines that were going into Europe and into uh, Africa. So certainly um, the White House had secret deals along with the CIA and the State Department to, uh, you know, those corrupt institutions that run America. And basically, uh, they, they don't want you to blow that up, right? Don't take out the enemy. That's ISIS. There's are ISIS rebels. Yeah, but they're, they're the ISIS rebels that are actually guarding our pipeline for the black market oil that's running into Europe because somebody had to control the Iraqi oil and who was it? It wasn't going to be Iraq and we're not going to let Iran get their hands on it because then they'll profit from it. No, 
Now, America could profit from it, but now why would we do that when the politicians could run this on the black market? And that's sort of what Benghazi was about, right? Benghazi was this mission, CIA mission, run by the State Department, Hillary Clinton, landed on her desk, and it was basically running all of Gaddafi's booty into Syria and giving it to uh, al-Baghdadi so that he could finance and, and run his operation. And his operation was heading up Iraqi forces, paying them in, you know, Bitcoin or paying them in cash or paying them in gold and and basically getting them to do the job of of uh, protecting oil pipelines going through Syria, which is why they set up headquarters there, into Turkey and then on its way into Europe. And that's why uh, Obama and Erdogan had such a great relationship. And that's why Obama overthrew Mubarak and wanted Morsi, the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood leader, because they were on board with this deal. They were going to pay to play. They were going to play to pay with play for pay. And that's why they threw Qaddafi under the bus and murdered him because he was not cooperating. He was going to be the world's most expensive toll collector going into Africa. So that was what it was about. In in a nutshell, I mean, the, the real basic footprint of that. But it was all about trafficking. Trafficking drugs, trafficking oil, trafficking weapons, trafficking um, currency, you know, to pay for mercenaries. Whether it's Mujahideen or Al-Qaeda or ISIS, it could be anything. You know, but it was, it was a lot of that. A lot of corruption. It's the Wild West. And it's lawless. And none of it's sanctioned by our Congress. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to where Congress holds the purse strings and controls the policies. But we have these liberal presidents that are just doing the wrong things. They want to pay in cash and they don't want anything on the books. You know, nobody can, the Pentagon misplaced two and a half billion dollars. You got uh, Obama giving $150 billion to Iran. Nobody knows where that money came from or was going. Supposed to be frozen assets somewhere. Nobody knows anything about any of it. But the same usual suspects were all for it. Because they were going to get a dividend check off of those deals. And Lindsey Graham is, every single time, Lindsey Graham is right in the middle of it. And that's why Lindsey Graham got so upset when Jamal Khashoggi got murdered by the Saudi prince. Because Khashoggi and his handlers, his money backers, were instrumental in a lot of these deals. I have video footage of Jamal Khashoggi. And Bin Talal, a personal friend of Obama's, at the table with Bill Gates in a video, doing business. What kind of business? I, I didn't get to hear it, but there they were, meeting up. 
So it's a lot of corruption, folks. And, you know, I think that this whole thing with Hunter Biden is this. So you heard of rules of engagement, right? Where sorties would be flown and you'd come back with a full plane of bullets because they could never get a green light on shooting anybody. Why? It was. It felt like at the time, we almost don't want to win. Why is that? Of course, we know why. Because we would be killing the same people that were paying to guard the oil pipelines going into Europe and Africa. Give me a break. It's not rocket science. So we were just smoke and mirrors. And so many frustrated soldiers putting their lives in jeopardy every single night on these sorties only to come back with being played by Barack Hussein Obama, who is treating our soldiers like puppets. And they had these rules of engagement that said, if, you're, if you have storage in a mosque, you, we, we, we won't allow you to bomb a mosque. That's just, you know. And when, and when um, we capture Osama bin Laden, we'll dress him up like a mummy. You'll never get to see him. He'll be like, Damar Hamlin. Did you hear that story? Damar Hamlin, Buffalo guy, shows up at the game on Sunday, and you never, ever get to see his face. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing sunglasses. They whip him in. Security's blocking him. It's like he's the president of the United States. And they won't let anybody get a good shot, a good look at him. They, it's unbelievable what they did. The NFL, what they do. They're so woke. But there's something wrong with this DeMar Hamlin thing. I don't know what it is, but I got to tell you, it's a cover-up. They're covering something up. They did it for a PR stunt or something to try to make money off of it. I have no idea what, what the motivating factor is, but there's no way in heck that DeMar Hamlin was, was covered up like that. I mean, why would they do that? There's so many, if you peel that onion, there's just so many weird things that are surrounding that. Why would the NFL even bother to do it? Uh, I have no idea. But in any case, okay, so they hide, Barack Obama would hide, say you can't bomb a mosque. And you couldn't bomb a mosque, and so therefore, um, what did the terrorists do? What did ISIS do? ISIS, they would... uh, put their, all their weapons into the mosque. So you couldn't bomb the mosque. And then they would live in cities among the innocent women and children. And you couldn't bomb cities. Too many casualties, right? So these were like rules of engagement. And this is why, you know, you can never lay a glove on them because they basically knew our rules of engagement and so long as they didn't go out in the middle of a desert with an um, um, uh, anti-aircraft missile, they were going to live. So that's what was going on. Well, Hunter Biden is that rules of engagement. Hunter Biden. You can't touch him. So when you hear the media say, well, that's Hunter, but Hunter's not the president. When you hear them say that, they know what's going on. And so that's why the Republicans are delicately, they're, they're like, no, it's not about Hunter, it's about Joe. But they're basically going to say, 
Hunter's laptop and devices, you can't look at these. Because he was a private citizen, he has his right to privacy, and you can't look at that because the deals he made were legal. And until we, you could prove that they were illegal, you know, go fly a kite. So Hunter's protected. Well, that's where all the crime is. Never mind the fact that Hunter Biden is paying $50,000 a month for a $7,000 house. So that's 50000 a month, 47000 a month or 43000 a month. Whatever he's paying. It was fifty thousand a month he was paying for a seven thousand. That's forty three to the good thousand profit or fifty thousand profit, however you look at it. And Joe Biden's getting that payment back. That's the ten percent to the big guy. Getting paid through rent. So that's legal. So then they look at Joe Biden's devices and they don't really find anything worth anything. Because Anything that's worth anything is on Hunter Biden's laptop, which is off limits to the prosecutors. Anything that's not worth what, what looking for is on Joe's laptop because Joe's, Joe's not even named. He's just the big guy. Well, who's the big guy? Well, no one knows, no, no one knows who the big guy is. Well, we all know, right, don't we? But on paper, the Justice Department is going to play dumb because they don't want to solve the crime. But what they're going to do is they're going to get Joe Biden on some sort of processing crime. And I think that Hakeem Jeffries is going to waltz his way right to the top of the party. He's already at the top of the Democrat party. And I think he's going to get that nomination, and it's going to be Hakeem Jeffries positioning himself to get there. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, I think that that's going to happen. I think that, uh, they could either turn their sights on Joe Biden and take him down or, uh, leave him go. But I think that as soon as the house went to an investigation, as soon as the house went to, to the conservatives, um, if the house went to stay, stayed in Nancy Pelosi's control, None of this would be happening. But because it went to the Republicans, they realized there's going to be too much baggage for, for Biden to be in office. And like they like these equity quota-based systems, they want a black woman, just like they did with the Supreme Court. And Katanji Brown-Jackson, they're, they're going to um, go ahead and install Kamala. Kamala, who can't get more than 1% of the vote, will be beaten by another Democrat for the nomination. And that'll be Akeem Jeffries, who will be endorsed by Barack Obama. So that's what's going to happen there. Meanwhile, we got our own conflicts going on in the Republican Party between DeSantis and Trump. And a lot of people are upset that Trump keeps on saying things about the COVID vaccine. And what's interesting is Diamond and from Diamond and Silk, Diamond passed away and and Silk, uh, you know, the Hardaways had their funeral and Trump showed up and people were really happy that Trump showed up for that. And yet they gave him great applause. But if you listen to um, the Hardaway 
Silk, Silk, I don't know her full name, but right here. Um, she says that this was all about dying suddenly. Let's take a listen. As soon as Diamond hung up the phone, she said to me, I can't breathe. It was suddenly out of nowhere and no warning. I got her to the kitchen table, opened up the back door so that she can get some air. And each breath was less and less and less until her eyes became a stare. My husband and I followed the 911 instructions uh, 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 from the lady. We laid her, like they told us to lay her flat. They said do CPR and it was one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. My husband and I alternated and kept going and going and going until the emergency truck came and came into the, the yard and the EMS came into the house. They did everything that they could. But what I want to say to everybody is don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist. Because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened. And it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly. Right. So then they have President Trump there and President Trump just gave a couple of interviews and he defended the vaccine. And so there seems to be this real like interesting conflict within the whole realm of this. Let's take a listen to this nurse from St. Petersburg, Florida. Let's listen to what she has to say. This is the part that scares me even almost as much as the heart attacks and the myocarditis. Um, but this is about birth um, fertility. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm Kimberly Biss. I'm an OBGYN that practices in St. Pete, Florida. I can definitely say since the vaccine rollout started, we have seen in our practice a decrease in new OB numbers, which would be infertility by about 50%. We've also seen an increase in miscarriage rate by about 50%. And I would say there's probably about a 25% increase in abnormal pap smears, as well as cervical malignancies in our area. I wonder if the clot shot negatively impacts people with myocarditis who are young enough to have children more than older, less fertile populations, especially when considering how it impacts fertility numbers as reported below. Meaning that there seems to be uh, that this myocarditis and these heart attacks and people dying suddenly are younger. And you wonder if somehow it's engineered in such a way to impact fertility. You get that? So that's just kind of like an interesting little thought that I had is because what the people behind this are about reducing the world's population. Yet there are a lot of other people that believe that reducing the world's population in such a socially engineered kind of way will have an existential threat 
to our ability to survive because we need the younger workers of the world to rise up. So to me, this is a really serious, you know, and then you wonder, you wonder this. You wonder if the open borders isn't akin to these evil monsters. Like, you know, everybody knows that Margaret Sanger opened up Planned Parenthoods or abortion clinics in black neighborhoods, right? Because the liberals that supported Margaret Sanger, the socialists, were racists. They were segregationists. You know, that's what the Democrats were all about. Racism, segregation, and I can win that argument every single day of the week. George Wallace was the Democrat governor of Alabama that stood in the doorway, didn't want integration. Black Lives Matter themselves wanted segregation. So, no, the Democrats have always, the people who wrote up the Jim Crow laws and founded the KKK were liberals. Jefferson Davis, who wanted to annex from the Union because of slavery, uh, was the Democrat of of his day. And I can go on and on and on with this. It's no secret. COVID itself, first-class passenger status on planes are all segregationist kind of social, using social economics and what have you and health to separate. You know, you hear these globalist leaders, separate, don't talk to your neighbors. Don't go and integrate for Christmas. Don't talk to each other. Wear a mask. They want you to be silenced. They want you to separate. They want to censor you. They want to segment. They want the Republicans to have one social media platform while they have the other. It's all about that. And you wonder if these people that were behind these things just want to basically do what Hitler did with the superior, like the so-called superior race. And you wonder if these people that are, you know, coming through an open border are basically getting on that train to the gas chambers in one way or another. I don't know. But it's certainly a population that they don't have any concern about whether they live or die. It's just something worth thinking about. Because the clot shot does seem to target younger people. And those younger people are child-bearing people that can increase the world's population. Think about it. That's all I'm asking. Think about it. So, I wanted to also get to this uh, other uh, clip. Now here, okay, so this was one I wanted to play here. House Republicans are already making moves on a top agenda item with the Oversight Committee opening its investigation into President Biden's son Hunter on Wednesday. The committee asking the Treasury Department for information about Biden family finances and alleged joint bank accounts between the president and his son. Hunter Biden is under federal investigation, but the focus is much narrower than House Republicans would like. Trump appointed U.S. Attorney David Weiss is considering prosecuting Hunter Biden for failing to meet tax filing deadlines 
and not revealing his drug use. Sort of like Al Capone, not revealing the drug use, uh, just tax fi- taxes, right? You know, we're just going to look at your taxes. Forget about the fact that you've been, you know, all the other things you did. On a 2018 gun application. The New York Times says Hunter's lawyers believe those will be handled without criminal charges, detailing how Hunter fully paid the IRS belatedly and subsequent liens against him more than a year ago. And citing legal precedent, his lawyers say that prosecuting a standalone gun charge is extremely rare. The Times reports, quote, a close look at Hunter's story shows it differs in important ways from the narrative promoted by Republicans. The New York Times Washington correspondent Michael Schmidt co-wrote that story and his book Donald Trump versus the United States is now out in paperback and importantly includes a new afterword, which we'll be talking to him about. He joins me now. Michael, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being with us. So let's start with the federal investigation headed by David Weiss. It's extremely less politically explosive than Republicans are letting on. Talk about the differences. So Republicans have made a range of allegations about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's uh, you know, role in this. And what our reporting showed was that Joe Biden played no role in Hunter Biden's business. He was not Hunter Biden's business partner. He was Hunter Biden's father. Hunter Biden himself did go out and try to do deals with foreign governments or, you know, foreigners. And in and did deals in ways that were risky and exposed him to political liability and political liability for his father. So that's how they're explaining that. That's how MSNBC and, you know, that's how they're doing that, right? That's their play. That's the playbook right there. They want to separate Hunter from Joe. And they want to say, well, yeah, Hunter already admitted that, you know, if it wasn't for his name, he wouldn't have that great of an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And they're just going to basically say, yeah, he had a gun charge. He had this. He had that. Yeah, that that kind of thing. You know, it just wasn't the smartest thing. You know, he's had a drug problem. We all know. We forgive him. Whatever. But that's the kind of thing that they're doing. I said, remember when Obama's Middle East rules of engagement restricted bombing mosques and civilian city centers where terrorists stored their weapons and lived? Politicians got rich allowing ISIS to protect Iraqi oil pipelines to Europe and Africa for years. Liberals are using Hunter Biden as a shield, separating his legal actions as a private citizen from Biden's public official requirements. Hunter essentially laundered Joe Biden Biden's money by selling Biden's pay-to-play while paying Joe with exorbitant payments like rent. And that was what was that's the play that's going on right now. And that's how you're going to see it perpetrated. That's how you're going to see it. So here's Jennifer Granholm talking about energy. She's the energy secretary saying that uh, that Biden would veto any bill from House Republicans that limits Biden's ability to deplete the strategic petroleum reserve without any plans to refill it. So if the Republicans try to get in the way of doing that, they're, he's going to veto it. If Congress were to pass H.R. 21, the president would veto it. If Look at the H.R. 21 uh, for the 118th Congress, and you'll see what I mean. That, uh, you know, let's take a listen to Senator Rand Paul spells out Davos' agenda. This would be a government 
uh, a world government, you don't get to vote on anybody for for anybody. Uh, someone who wrote that wrote, wrote it poorly, but all right. They're elitist. But the other real danger here that's even more danger than all their phony caring about carbon footprint, the real danger is this. Look how bad your government is in a country where you get to vote for these people. This would be a government, a world government, where you don't get to vote on anybody. This is everybody's worst nightmare. The bureaucracy that we have trouble in our United States because we don't get to vote on them, we vote indirectly. Can you imagine the one world bureaucracy of all these elitists and their private jets that would rule our, our country and we wouldn't get to vote? So I'm dead set against this. And they used to call people who talked about one world government, they used to say, oh, it's a conspiracy. And we would always say, no, it's in their mission statement. They say <laughs> it at every meeting. That's what they're for. But uh, lack, lack of sovereignty means lack of freedom, and it means lack of responsiveness, and it's completely antithetical to everything our country stands for. Well, just like DAs are answering to the phone calls of Soros, because Soros made them, right, with their financing, the same thing is going to be true with politicians. They're going to have a debt of gratitude to pay for you know, their backers from the World Economic Forum. They're going to have to kiss the kiss the ring so um, I want to take a listen to this particular clip this is from the uh, election fraud investigation in Arizona Shelby Bush confirms after reviewing the system log files from the tabulators on election day nearly a quarter million ballots were misread with 446 tabulators across the country there's no doubt the integrity of the election in Maricopa County could be as much as a quarter million Votes. Let's take a listen. The other area I want to cover is the tabulator machines. We received just a few weeks ago, January of 2023, the system log files from the tabulators that were used in Maricopa County on Election Day, along with the redacted CVR records. Through an analysis, we were able to determine that a quarter of a million ballot feeds misread by those tabulators. There are approximately two tabulators in every polling center, which means there were 446 tabulators with a quarter of a million voter attempt failures. That's significant. And yet, you know, and then here's another one. Carrie Lake posted this out. She said, today's Senate uh, testimony confirms nearly 40,000 ballots illegally counted, 10% 10 of the signatures reviewed. All right. So I think all the election deniers out there deserve an apology. So it says here in this meme, do you think these Arizona ballot signatures match? And so I went and looked at a whole bunch of them. There are 38,909 ballots with this exact issue, all counted. So I'm looking at these um, ballots, and there are these signatures that are supposed to match. They don't match at all, folks. I mean, they're not even close. Not even close. They're not nearly close. They're completely different signatures. And what do you say to that? I mean, to me, this is huge fraud. This tells you that people aren't handling the ballots personally. They're collecting them, they're filling them out, and they're signing them. 
and they have no idea what the signature is. To me, this this is the biggest one. This is uh, where the signatures don't match. So another weird news, trans activists in Norway are demanding that Spotify and Apple Music remove Aretha Franklin's iconic hit, Natural Woman, claiming the song has inspired acts of violence against transgender women. So Daily Mail writes, now Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, uh, is deemed offensive to trans women. <laughs> Outrage is as activists demand song is removed from Spotify and Apple Music. It's offensive. It's hurtful. It's, <laughs> it's the world we're living in, folks. And one final thing. Let's take a listen to this real quick. Kaboom, Project Brandon unfolding with no end in sight. Let's take a listen. Doing it because people in this country are... We're out of money. And so that's why today, in order to sustain... The President of the United States just said that we are out of money and he is going to increase the congressional budget. But he's not doing it because people in this country are starving. He's not doing it because people are losing their homes. He's not doing it because of inflation. He's not doing it because of the mental health crisis. He is going to increase the congressional budget so that we can continue to support the war efforts in Ukraine. That's the point she's making there. I love that point. And um, it's true. So Gates says Biden's classified documents discovery fueled by Democrats. Ah, so that could be the insider thing about Jeffries I was talking about. And um, also, Pfizer's boss, Pfizer's boss, Alberta Borla, refuses to testify to to the EU Parliament COVID panel again. So he just won't go on record to defend his his actions, you know, his profiteering, his his untested vaccine you know so he's one of the biggest world globalists you know biggest globalists in the world you know and powerful and uh so we'll see what happens and how that plays out well that brings us to the end of the scott adams show be sure to check out org. make a donation if you can it does help out we see each and every one of them and we uh thank everyone for those Donations, they help out greatly. Magapack.org. Check it out. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.